The abuse of a truth gives me no right to neglect the truth. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today on the show we have Bill Johnson again, and he is continuing the message from last week on Kingdom Abundance. I hope you enjoy today's message by Bill Johnson. But uh, if you would look at uh, verse 16, this is where the rich young ruler comes to Jesus, says, good teacher, uh, what good things shall I do to have eternal life? Jesus goes through the commands. He responds, says, I, I've done those. What do I still lack? Jesus says in verse 21, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. The young, the young man heard what he was saying. He went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. Here's a, a term that's been used a, a lot the last few years, rightfully so, called unsanctified mercy. Unsanctified mercy is where, is where we think we're doing favors to God by showing people mercy, but we actually insulate them from God's conviction. Showing mercy where God isn't showing mercy isn't a smart thing because sometimes we protect people from God's very sharp-edged sword that is trying to bring healing and deliverance. And to protect somebody from the conviction of the Holy Spirit is to protect them from freedom. Unsanctified mercy shows mercy where God isn't. Unsanctified mercy would have this rich young ruler think that he has eternal life without obeying Jesus. Verse 23, Jesus says to his disciples, assuredly I say to you, it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. He's spinning off of this dialogue with the rich young ruler. Verse 24, again I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. Mark's gospel adds a phrase here that's actually very helpful in this second, uh, second verse. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't weaken it, it clarifies. He says, how hard it is for a, for a rich man who trusts in riches to enter the kingdom. The clarification is, where is trust? When, lordship is, when the lordship issues is settled, then the trust is in the Lord. But when it's in my resources, my possessions, my whatever it might be, then there's, it's divided interest. And this is where Jesus elsewhere teaches, you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't have two gods that you serve. And, and many believers have been so hurt by sometimes well-meaning leaders in a church that have uh, misspoken concerning finances. And sometimes guys that actually have been dishonest, just trying to steal and fleece the sheep. And I understand both those things are realities. But what we cannot do is allow the abuse of one to give us the right to neglect a truth. The abuse of a truth gives me no right to neglect the truth, right? So we've got to find out what Jesus says. All right. So here's the deal. Jesus gives this word and his disciples heard it, verse 25, they were greatly astonished, which means they were greatly astonished means that they were absolutely shocked. 
which is fascinating because they lived a life of absolute shockedness with Jesus because he, he kept pushing the boundaries for them. And he, they asked, then who can be saved? Which tells me that they considered themselves to be wealthy. Do, do you understand? Jesus says it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom. They're going, oh no. Then who can be saved? And Jesus says, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So Peter speaks up, which we can thank Peter that he has something to say usually, which, which I like. Uh, verse 27, Peter answered and said to him, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? Jesus said in verse 28, assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, son of man sits on his throne, his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones. So this is a specific word for his 12 disciples, all right? Verse 29, and everyone, this is general word, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Then the last verse, many who are first will be last in the last verse. All right, let's go through this. So Peter says, we left everything to follow you. How does that work? And he says, anyone who has left, lands, mom, dad, children, whatever, anything you left will be returned to you a hundred times. Mark's gospel, once again, I think makes this a bit more clear because this is what he said. He says in, uh, in Mark uh, chapter 10, uh, Jesus said, you shall receive a hundred times as much in this life he adds that phrase. And then he says, with persecutions. That's a promise. <laughs> Hang that on your refrigerator. A hundred times. It's almost like the Lord is saying, you see this stuff called money? It'll kill you. And Peter says, we gave it all. And he says, good. So I'm going to add a hundred times as much of what will kill you back into your life. It almost sounds contradictory, but it's not because of the way the Lord trains us. He trains us with little and with nothing to be possessors of much. Faithful in little, faithful in much. It's never been about the formula. It's been about lordship. And so Jesus now makes this statement to his disciples in, in uh, Matthew 19 and even more clearly in Mark 10. He says, if you've left anything for my name's sake, I'm going to return a hundred times as much in this life with persecution. Why does he say with persecution? Because a hundred times as much is income, with persecution is taxes. <laughs> you want more income? Then there's more taxes. That's just the way it works. The more breakthrough you get, the more opposition you get. It's, it's a true word. I'm telling you, absolutely, this is the way it works. It's the way it works. It's not that the Lord inspires the opposition. It's just a reality in life. Why? Let's find out why. <laughs> look, look at verse 30. It says, many who are first will be last and the last first. That's a weird way to end that story about if you leave everything, it'll be returned to you a hundred times. It's a strange phrase. 
I, and probably many of us, have always taken that phrase to mean uh, the last will be first, the first will be last. Take it to mean if you humble yourself and, and you put yourself at the end of the line, then the next time things happen, you'll be promoted, you'll be in the front of the line. That's not what this one means at all. That lesson of humility is elsewhere in Scripture. That's not this one. This one is pushing all of our buttons on justice and on honor. And I'll show you. The kingdom of heaven, uh, the thought beginning in chapter... Are you guys still all right? Everybody's still alive? All right, I'm sorry. I'm trying to rush through this, trying to be thorough, and uh, I, we'll see how good it works. All right. Uh, Verse 1 of chapter 20 is a continuation of the thought that chapter 19 ends with. It's important to see that. The theme still continues. He said, verse 1, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. When he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into the vineyard. He went out about the third hour, saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. And he went about the sixth hour, uh, and the ninth hour, and did likewise, and the eleventh hour. So it's a 12-hour workday. Let's just say six in the morning to six in the evening. And he goes out the eleventh hour, find others standing idle. And he says, why are you here all day? He says, go into the vineyard, I'll I'll, I'll pay you what is right. Now, verse 8, he says, So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. Here's the strange part of this verse. He's saying, go into the vineyard. Now, we've got people that have been working 12 hours. We've got some that have been working nine hours. We have some that have been working six. We have some that have been working three. And we even have some that have been working only an hour a day. And the landowner now gets all these people lined up, and this is what he does. He pays the people that have worked the least first. Why? Because if he pays the people that have been working all day, they get their denarius, they're thankful for getting a fair wage, and they go home. But instead, what does he do? He makes them watch. (laughs) He makes the guys who've been working 12 hours, he makes them watch as he pays the guys that have been working an hour a day. He gives them a denarius. And three hours a day, denarius. So the guys who've been working 12 hours, they're thinking, we're going to get more than a denarius. Now, this is not about your reward in eternity. Because in eternity, your reward is always based on every ounce of obedience you ever gave to the Lord, from the smile at the, to the cashier, to the sacrifice of homes and whatever, to sow into the gospel. Everything you've ever done in his name is always directly rewarded. This is not dealing with that. This is dealing with this life. Why? Because he's looking to see who, can he, can, who he can entrust the hundred times as much to. And to do that correctly, he has to push the buttons on the issue of jealousy to see if we can actually rejoice in somebody else's breakthrough, that they were not treated justly, they were treated with extreme grace. Can we celebrate their experience of extreme grace while we are paying, being paid just wages? In this life, we will always have just wages and or extreme grace. God will always make sure that we have, at minimum, just wages. Well, that was Bill Johnson, and you can find that clip if you search on YouTube under Bill Johnson, Kingdom Abundance, Part 1.
Also, you can find out more information about him and his ministry at bjm.org. Also, you can look up his church at Bethel Redding, and they have all kinds of resources and messages and just great all-around teaching about healing and about all kinds of things that you could imagine. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day today, and I will see you again tomorrow for another episode of Morning Moxie. God bless. Thank you.